Max Verstappen well on his way to win the championship. Quadzilla, quad father, I don't know. He's got massive quads. And the owners were quick with the sack. This past weekend was the Dutch Grand Prix, and myself and Papa Slabs are lucky enough to be there live at the event. It was an absolutely tremendous time. There was so much of the Orange Army out there, the Dutch fans cheering on Max to win. Fun time. We got to talk to a lot of different Formula One fans, share cards with them. It was a great time, and we have that massive video dropping tomorrow on Friday. So be sure to watch out for a Formula One vlog from the Netherlands. Super exciting time, and there is Max right there. Maybe not from this exact Dutch Grand Prix, but uh, you will be able to see a lot of video clips of him racing and others um, in the video from tomorrow. Now, to get on with the episode, Max just won his second in a row Dutch Grand Prix. I believe that last year returned uh, for the first time in a while uh, at Zandvoort, and he did get the W. Um, he got on pole on Saturday by 0 .02 uh, seconds. is actually the smallest margin of uh, pole position this season versus uh, Charles Leclerc, and then also, we had a sale here, actually, on September 4th, uh, the night that he won, for a different card here, not normally the ones we talk about, but this is the Top Trumps uh, PSA 10 from 2016. So from my knowledge, uh, this is actually the earliest uh, card, although it's not really like a pack release card, this is like a card game type of thing that was uh, released of Max from 2016. There's also a Lewis from 2009 that sells for a decent amount. But the PSA 10 went for 3600 but that is less than sold for on June 25th, um, 4800 then, so... What I did see is that that June 25th sale was pretty much one of the first times we've seen one of these sell. So, of course, more people are going to be interested in buying it than when there's a second one that comes up uh, within a few months after that. So that's what I'm attributing this price drop to because most of his top Chrome cards are selling for more than they were back in June with the second championship pretty much unlocked right now. And then on the flip side, we have Lewis here who is actually fighting for pretty much his first win of the year. He has podiumed uh, in multiple races and got second in multiple races recently. Um, over the last seven, but this really felt like the first one that he was in contention to win. He actually seemingly could have won the race if it wasn't for Yuki Tsunoda's DNF, which uh, brought a virtual safety car, which kind of gifted Max a free pit stop because Lewis wasn't on a one-stop strategy. Max would have had to pit again, and Lewis probably had like a 13-second cushion uh, if that virtual safety car did not happen for him to try to win the race with maybe like 15 laps left it was. Uh, but his 2020 Topps Chrome Orange 70th PSA 9 portrait, so for 2500 on September 6th, which is a few days ago and that is way less than it was uh back in february there was a lot of hype coming into the formula one season a lot of hype at the start of the season with mercedes really underperforming especially the first half of the season they're getting a lot better now and they're actually in my opinion going to be in contention for races the rest of the season let's hope uh, other than lewis having to take a power unit uh grid penalty this race at monza this week so he will start from the back of the grid it'll be fun to see what he can do but i do think that they will be in contention for wins so maybe anyone that did buy lewis over the last month and a half or two months might have been a really good call. We happened to pick up a variation refractor, uh, a super short print at the National, and I felt this was a good time to buy. I'm really happy we did. Um, we are looking to you know, sell if we can based on him winning a race, obviously, uh, but wouldn't really be mad about holding it too at the same time in case uh, the rest of the season does not get increasingly better from here, which I do think it can, but I do think next year will be a lot better for Mercedes as they turn their attention to developing that car uh, for 2023 as well. So an update in the standings, Max Verstappen well on his way to winning the championship. He's 109 points clear of Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez. And then also um, George Russell sitting there in fourth and Carlos Sainz in fifth. Lewis Hamilton in sixth. Um, and then if you look at the team standings, Red Bull is pretty much blowing out the field in the Constructors' Championship too. This will be the first time they win in, I believe, nine years. It was eight straight for Mercedes. And then also Ferrari is getting really scary hours for them. Mercedes is getting increasingly closer in the standings, only 30 away, and I do believe that they're going to overtake him for the Constructors' Championship this year, as they have pretty much, 
if not already close the gap, close the gap and it's more reliable, less, uh, you know, failures in the pit stops and strategy blunders and all that stuff. Although a little bit of a strategy blunder with not letting Lewis and uh, George try to block Max this past weekend. So Monza is this upcoming weekend. Two years ago, Pierre Gasly got his first race victory. Uh, amazing to see him win a race, honestly, when the field is dominated by so many top cars. Uh, coming with a midfield car, it, uh, car, it did help with uh, Lewis having a penalty in that race. But either way, getting his first victory there in Monza in 2020. And then last year, Charles Leclerc won at home, uh, home for Ferrari, that is, uh, at the Italian Grand Prix. You can see how all the fans are loving it. The Tifosi, as they call them, going crazy. Uh, but not going crazy right now is his card market. Uh, as the teams go, the cards go for the t- or for the drivers pretty much. And as you can see here with the Leclerc's PSA 8 purple, I have 399 dropping, you know, like 30% in the last six months, uh, last three months, excuse me, and even more in the last month. I mean, it really matters how your how well your team is doing because Leclerc is still an elite driver, has not made many mistakes this year, probably like three that I can remember uh, vividly. And uh, he has not gotten worse, really, maybe even only got better. Uh, as the team is performing worse, and uh, his market is still dropping. What's up, everyone? Today for baseball, I want to talk to you about two players. And so you can see here the StatCast rankings here. This is one of the players. Um, And you can see on the screen, average exit velocity, 71st percentile, hard hit percentage, 72nd percentile. This is a pitcher, by the way. Expected ERA, expected weighted on base average, 95th percentile. And on down the line, um, expected batting average, 97th percentile, expected slugging, 96th percentile, K rate, 99th percentile, whiff rate, 95th percentile, fastball velocity, 97th percentile of all MLB, extension, 94th percentile. Um, Clearly, whoever this pitcher is, is having an amazing, amazing season. So I want you to take a moment, maybe pause right here, and take a guess at who this pitcher could be. Now we're going to show a second player, and this is a hitter. Max exit velocity, 88th percentile, hard hit rate, 79th percentile, expected weighted on base average, 82nd percentile, expected batting average, 90th percentile, expected slugging, 87th percentile, barrel percentage, 75th percentile, sprint speed, 94th percentile, outs above average, 90th percentile, and outfielder jump, 86th percentile. Clearly a good hitter with a good fielder Um, in the middle there, the stats I didn't read off. His eye at the plate, K percentage, 28th percentile, uh, walk percentage, 8th percentile, uh, with percentage, 23 percentile, also not good, and chase rate, 4th percentile in the entire MLB. So clearly a good hitter that doesn't have a very good eye and is a good outfielder. Do you know who this is? Take a moment to pause and uh, see if you can guess who this is before I reveal who they are. Well, if you know your baseball or you are a fan of the Braves, well, number one is Spencer Strider. Quadzilla, quad father, I don't know. He's got massive quads. Dude is a stud. He does only have two pitches, so I do worry about him in the future. He's only thrown 120 innings um, 120 innings this year to a tune of like a 2.63 ERA. Uh, baseball reference is not working for me right now, or else I'd pull that up for you. But he is pitching very well. He is <clears throat> near the top of the league in strikeouts per nine innings at 13.65, I believe. All things good. All things good for Spencer Strider. And he is one of the top names this year for NL Rookie of the Year. One of two names. The other guy on this list, Michael Harris Jr., the outfielder for the Braves. 
um, is hitting really well, hitting over 300, hitting over 500 slugging percentage. But of course, he is striking out a decently large amount and walking uh, significantly lower than the league average. So some concern there. Red flags for Spencer Strider. Only a two-pitch pitcher. He throws his changeup 5% of the time. He throws his fastball and his slider uh, 95% of the time combined with his fastball taking up a large portion of that. Now, you can do that when you have an 80-grade fastball, but there is some concern there that he will inevitably need to refine that changeup if he wants to continue pitching at this level. Not going to say he won't be able to pitch at this level with two pitches, but generally that is the case. Michael Harris, the concern's there, but man... He is an amazing outfielder who is hitting really well, who um, is making contact when making good contact when he makes contact. His bay bip is a bit high. It was at 381, batting average balls in play. So there is concern there. But both dudes are studs. And it's crazy because both guys are rookie of the year favorites. There's only a two man race in the NL. They're both from the same team. One is a pitcher. One is a position player. I don't know if I've ever actually seen this before where it's a clear field of just two and they're from the same team. This is a Braves team that won the World Series last year, lost Freddie Freeman, and then they replaced Freddie Freeman with Spencer Strider, Michael Harris, and the beat keeps going. The Braves are yet again amazing. Uh, They're challenging the Mets for the top of that division, and it's been really fun. I pulled up two cards here. You can see the price difference between pitching and, and hitting here. Because a Spencer Strider Bowman Chrome Red Auto, first Red Auto PSA 10, sold for $8,800 September 7th. The same card for Michael Harris, PSA 10, Bowman Chrome Red Auto, um, Bowman Chrome first Red Auto PSA 10, number to five, 28500 on July 8th. Just goes to show you that while they're both Rookie of the Year candidates, the market does value one position over the other. But they're both really fun to watch, and they uh, both are putting the Braves back in contention for another World Series. It's Zach from Matt Premier Soccer Investing, bringing you yet another Slap Sox FC 5 at 5 take of the week. Let's get into it. So, obviously, Champions League is back. That's huge. And it's been a good week so far for Americans in the Champions League. First, we're going to look at Gio Reyna at Borussia Dortmund. So, Gio Reyna's been working his way back from injury so far this season. Hasn't really done too much yet in the Bundesliga specifically, but at all changed uh, on Tuesday against FC Copenhagen in the Champions League. Gio Reyna with two assists, one to Rafael Guerrero, one to his uh, teenage or young player uh, partner in Jude Bellingham. And he played great, and the market is already reacting to it. As we can see from his 2019 Topps Chrome Bundesliga PSA 10, this card is up in just the last two weeks, 22.69%. It's up $38.75 from $170 to $209. And this is a card, yes, there are a lot graded. There's a couple hundred PSA 9s, and there's even more PSA 10s. So these do have some quantity to them. But this is a card that can continue to see movement as we get closer and closer to the World Cup, as Giorana regains fitness and is able to show his quality and personality in that Borussia Dortmund side in order to stamp place in the starting 11 for the U.S. men's national team at this World Cup, which if he continues to play like how he did in the Champions League, he will do so. And then, again, just watch out. I've been hammering home this point, but the World Cup will be absolutely massive for soccer cards, especially due to the fact that England is playing the U.S. on Black Friday in America. Come on, that's the biggest shopping holiday of the year. You don't think people are going to be watching that game. They're going to see Gio Reyna, for instance, score a goal make a run on eBay right there. And 
there goes his cards up 30% of the day. Stuff like that will happen. You just got to hit the right guys. Another one who it could be is Weston McKinney, another player who's been working his way back from injury, didn't even get the start in the Champions League against PSG, who great win for them, and Bappe was absolutely spectacular in that one, Neymar too. But we're going to focus on McKinney, who scored a great goal, great-headed goal to pull Juventus back into the match. However, it wasn't enough, but McKinney played well. And again, he's someone who really hasn't seen that much movement, as we can tell from his 2018 Donruss Optic PSA 10. His car was doing $48 in June. It's up to $62 now. Again, a card with a decent amount graded, 259 9s, 244 10s, 573 total. McKenney's more of an interesting one for his card market. It's an interesting preposition. He's a great player, obviously, one of Juventus's key players, one of the U.S.'s key players, but he's a midfielder. Yeah, he scored in the Champions against PSG, but he's not going to score and assist as many goals as a Gio Reyna does or a Christian Pulisic, who we'll talk about later. But he's one of the faces. He might he might even be the face of the U.S. Men's National Team at the moment. People love him. He's respected in Europe. And he has room to grow on his cards as well because he probably will get a key goal at some point in the World Cup with his great aerial prowess. He loves to get forward as well. He's just another guy to watch. And if he can stay fit, continue to play well, Juventus should still be able to get out of the group. So he has that going for them as well. And Yeah, McKenney, another guy to watch right there. And then the final one, probably the biggest news of the week, even bigger than the Champions League restarting, is Chelsea sacking Thomas Teichel after spending over $200 million this summer to build a squad. They struggled a bit the first six games, and the owners were quick with the sack. While a lot of Chelsea fans are upset about it, and rightfully so, he won them a Champions League, won them a couple other trophies, had a great connection with the fans. This is a very good thing for fans of Christian Pulisic. Pulisic had fallen almost completely out of favor under Teichel, was relegated to making 10, 15-minute, 20-minute cameo appearances off the bench. It was not looking likely that he would get a good run of form in, but now he's going to have a fresh start, most likely under Brendan's fantastic manager, Graham Potter, who looks like Chelsea are going to be signing. Nothing is confirmed yet, but that's who the next manager is likely to be. He's got a new chance to prove himself, get a run in the team, get some goals in, get some assists, and show – what he can do, because right now it's not pretty for him, as we can see from the last six months on a 2016 Panini Select PSA 10, down 32%. It's a $162 drop from $505 to $343. But if anyone's going to bounce back and bounce back quick, it'll, it'll be Pulisic. He's still probably the U.S.'s most popular player. He's Captain America. He's going to be scoring goals for us. If the U.S. is going to be scoring goals and making a run in the World Cup, it's going to be coming from him. He the U.S. runs everything through Pulisic. And if he can get a consistent run of form in for Chelsea, pull them up the table a little bit, make a run in the Champions League, that has the ability to boost his card market as well. But again, for the U.S. guys, if you're buying Americans, it's the World Cup that you are focused on. And you hope they perform and you hope they have a run in the side. In NFL news, number one, happy opening day, if that's what you want to call it. The start of the NFL season is tonight, the Bills and the Rams. And I thought it would be fun to take a little crack at who my Super Bowl winner would be, my MVP, and my Rookie of the Year. So I'm going to share my predictions here. Of course, I am a Packer fan, so if I was being a homer, I would have chosen the Packers to win the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers to win MVP, and like Romeo Dobbs to win Rookie of the Year. I did not do that. That would be homerish of me, even though I am hoping for at least one of the three, Super Bowl being the main uh, one that I am hoping for. But, alas, we're not going to do that. 
So let me share with you my three predictions from this year. <clears throat> so my Super Bowl winner, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Now, some of you might be like, this dude chose the Baltimore Ravens. Well, let me explain. You might not agree, but let me explain. Defensively, right? Obviously, they were injured last year. Lamar Jackson injured, cornerbacks injured, yada, yada, yada. They had a ton of injuries. But defensively, they drafted Kyle Hamilton with the 14th pick, and they brought in Marcus Williams from the Saints to shore up safety at both positions. Um, Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are both healthy. They are both Pro Bowl cornerbacks when healthy, and they will be back. So all of a sudden, their secondary, along with Kyle Fuller as a backup, maybe a slot cornerback or a backup cornerback, will be pretty stinking good, I think. Probably one of the better or best secondaries in football would be my guess. So you got that going for you. <clears throat> you have vets in Calais Campbell and Justin Houston, guys that have been around, guys that know how to win, and guys that will still be productive and also be able to teach the young bucks. And you've got young linebackers in Odefa or Odefa Owe. I'm not 100% sure how to say his first name, but he's Nigerian-born pass rusher. Uh, yeah, he's first-round pick, 31st overall. Uh, Nigerian-born pass rusher who should be really, really good this year, I'm hoping. And they also have Patrick Queen, another young linebacker um, that we're hoping for big things from. And so you've got a really good secondary, young linebackers, vets on the defensive line. I think it should go pretty well. On the offensive side, of course, you have Lamar Jackson. If he stays healthy, that takes a lot of the brunt away from what you uh, need to do. And then also you've got J.K. Dobbins healthy, Mark Andrews. They brought in Tyler Lindbaum, the best center in the draft, to shore up that offensive line along with Ronnie Stanley. I mean, this offense, while they don't have Hollywood Brown anymore, Devin Duvernay and Rashad Bateman should be young and promising. And so I'm excited for this Ravens team. The defense, I think, should be a little bit better than the offense, but they have Lamar Jackson, which should take up or cure a lot of ills. And so for me, my Super Bowl winner, Baltimore Ravens. My MVP, Russell Wilson. So I think with Russ, getting him to a team with as many weapons as they have with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and all those guys will be a huge, huge boom for Russell Wilson. And then also getting him away, getting him away from Pete Carroll as his coach, giving him Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers' old offensive coordinator, you know, the offensive coordinator that Aaron Rodgers won multiple MVPs under, putting him as their head coach, and now they get to experience that. Russell Wilson, good weapons, no Pete Carroll, Nathaniel Hackett, offensive mind in. I am excited for that, and I am excited to see what happens there. I do think that while this might be a little bit of a stretch, especially because he's going to be playing very difficult teams in his division, that uh, this could be the year Russell Wilson does capture an MVP. All he had to do was get away from Pete Carroll. And then rookie of the year, there was a ton of first-round wide receiver talent that you could have chosen from. For me, I'm choosing Traylon Burks, Tennessee Titans. I think that with A.J. Brown gone, if the Titans want to do anything offensively with throwing the ball, no offense to Robert Woods, um, they're going to need Traylon Burks to step up in a massive way. He's a big body wide receiver, 6'2", 230 pounds. While he's not overly fast, I believe he ran a mid 4'5", um, 40. He has big hands. He is a big body dude, and he apparently is a vacuum when the ball is thrown his way. And so if the Titans are going to have a big yard, pa big year passing, you 
already know you expect a big year rushing with Derrick Henry. If they're going to have a big year passing, it is going to be because of Traylon Burks. And for that reason, I expect him to become rookie of the year. That's all I have for football. Hope you guys really, really, really enjoy the NFL season. I know I'm excited. Can't wait to watch Packers Vikings on Sunday. And uh, here's to another uh, 18 weeks of football. Welcome back, everyone, to another FlipQuest 5 of 5 segment here. We are back on the PWCC Weekly Auction. This is going to be number 34 already, ending Sunday night, 9.45 p.m. Eastern Time. You can join our YouTube live for it. And there are, once again, monster football cards ending. Nate, I looked, and there's like at least 50% more football cards ending this week than any other sport, basically, for the parameters I was looking at, at least, which is, you know, modern cards. And uh, a lot of people, I think, are trying to capitalize on the early season hype. Do you see that, too? If they're smart, they would, right? Yeah, exactly. If we've learned I mean, anything in the last uh, however many years of doing this, it's that beginning of the season is the time to make money, and then you can buy back in during the season and hope that you guys get hot later it, on. It's it's pretty much inevitable that at least one or two players are going to do extremely well and their markets will increase, but the odds of picking that player are a little bit smaller when you consider how many players are hot right now, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this year. Uh, no doubt about it. Just put up a post asking people who they thought was the first quarterback that's going to drop by 25% or more market value-wise. Uh, Nate, really quick, any thoughts before we jump into these two cards? Um, <clears throat> Justin Fields. Justin Fields, do you think? You think this is going to be a very bad start to the year? Well, this is coming from a guy who liked the idea of Justin Fields because Matt Nagy was gone and then saw the prices of Justin Fields and <laughs> no longer liked Justin Fields. Um, I think he's still going to have a really rough time outside of Darnell Mooney. Who does he have throwing to him or throwing to, him, throwing to? And um, I don't know. First year offense, first year head coach, no weapons. I don't think it's going to go very well. Going to be some growing pains. Yeah. Like it. Uh, I don't know for sure, but man, Jalen Hurts prices got so hot. He's like a top five ranked fantasy quarterback, which I think a lot of people look at fantasy rankings and buy quarterbacks based off of that. But if the Eagles don't like win the <laughs> NFC East or don't perform extremely well, and know he got more weapons with AJ Brown, his prices are just so much more expensive than what they ever were. They're like double to triple the price of what they were last summer, Nate. That's insane. It's crazy. And then two of the guys we didn't mention right now, but we will now with these auction with these cards here uh is josh allen and justin herbert i'd say probably two of the most hyped quarterbacks coming in this year for good reason though i mean josh allen was one step away from mvp last year behind aaron Rodgers. justin herbert puts up massive stats they haven't made the playoffs yet but you know they very well two, could this two year. years ago josh allen yeah didn't no, runner up in mvp two years ago who do you think no that's that's last year for sure right who do you think was runner up last year I can't remember. I just thought Josh Allen was runner-up two years ago. No, I'm pretty positive Josh Allen's runner-up last year. Maybe I'm wrong, though. I we'll, definitely We'll could find be. out after the video. <laughs> we will find out after this, or let us know in the comments, too. Uh, but two big second-year cards of Allen and Herbert ending. One's a one-of-one, one, a flawless on-card patch auto with part of the Bills logo right there. BGS 9 from 2019, flawless of Josh Allen. And then the other one is going to be a Justin Herbert Gold Kaboom PSA 10. A very nice-looking card, but a second-year. Nate, which second-year card do you think carries more value and will into the future? Oh, that's a tough question because, I mean, Flawless is nice. One-on-one is nice. A little, a little patch of the Bills, nice. <laughs> but a gold Kaboom, Kaboom's probably going to be around forever. That's a tough, that's a tough call. I, I think I would be happy with either. I guess if I was going to gravitate towards one or the other, it'd probably be the, uh, if that is game-worn, the uh, – 
patch on card auto 101 josh allen uh definitely let's check really quick because i was actually wondering the same thing it is game worn of josh allen and uh, i will have to agree with nate on that i definitely think that the josh allen is the uh more important card and uh as for nate single uh, kabooms will be around forever that's just as long as panini has a license for specific sports but i have no doubt in my mind that as long as panini is making cards are going to be putting out kabooms for whatever it is um forever is a big statement nate that it, that was that was a the, too massive of a statement. I agree with that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> well, both these cards are eighty five hundred dollars right now. Well, actually, the Herberts at eighty two fifty, pretty close. So, and we'll be excited to see what these end for. Along with all the other football cards, there's tons ending, including a Mahomes flawless RPA, which is insane. It's already at like twenty five thousand plus dollars. I think maybe even more than that. Let me see if I can refresh here and see. It's at twenty two thousand five hundred. Uh, pretty exciting stuff though. So make sure to catch us this Sunday night, nine forty five p.m. Eastern time on the FlipQuest episode here on the SlabSex YouTube Live.